Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 512 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar out in Golden, BC. And it's a historic day for the Ottawa Senators. They face the Seattle Kraken for the first time in franchise history. And after a long time on the road, Ross, the Sens are going to enjoy some home cooking and full capacity at the CTC. So yes. get out there and support the boys, guys. And hey, it was a nice game for Belleville Senators yesterday as they beat the Providence Bruins 4-1. to We got lots of Senators hockey to tee up, recap, plus a special participant in this morning skate but without a special jersey who was wearing a regular contact jersey we'll tell you that and more this is the locked on senators podcast your team every day thank you for making locked on senators your first listen on this thursday march 10th and pilsey I got a little too excited when I saw Drake Batherson lined up next to Brady and Norris at the sporting skate. Ross, you weren't the only one. I think all of Sen's Twitter uh, decided that uh, Drake Batherson was coming back and he was going to be on the top line, top power play. I think some people already penciled in a couple points, making bets at betonline.net for Drake three Batherson. Anytime uh, scorer. Yeah, the three-point. Oh, wrong way. The three-point bet for uh, Ross over here. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think we would all need to relax a little and remember that he is weeks away from his projection and, and it's a high ankle sprain. So you're not going to mess around with that with your top player. And in a homestand like this up against uh, some lower teams in the standings, it's not a necessity to rush Drake back here. So, yes, it's great he's in the, the regular jersey. We love seeing him on the ice with the boys, not just sitting on the bench chirping, but... It's great to have him back, but he's not quite ready yet. No, but as you just alluded to, being in the regular contact jersey gives me hope that he's ahead of schedule. The last time we heard him talk to the media, he said that the doctors were really impressed with how things were healing up. He's feeling good. He's now been on the ice five or six sessions by himself or with Shane Pinto as the team was on the road. So now coming back and then Connor Brown, was the other domino here because he was again not on the ice for morning skate just like he wasn't in st louis either but he ended up playing that game dj says no lineup change we'll get to all that later but it was just natural that connor brown who had been skating with norris and kachuk he takes the morning off so why not get a little bit of that juice back uh with those three who have produced some of the best offensive numbers as a line in the nhl this season mike kelly a friend of the show tweeted that out i think he's their fourth right now behind some heavy hitters so it will be awesome when drake gets back and when the injury happened and you hear it's a high ankle sprain pills you wonder like is he done for the season sounds like there's going to be at least a handful if not a dozen games that he'll be back for so that's awesome to look forward to if you're a sense fan yeah i mean brandon pillar not a doctor so i can't uh exactly figure this out but i i wouldn't be surprised if come early April he's back if he's already skating and uh participating in line rushes and stuff it's 
probably feeling pretty good. And yeah, everything seems positive here. Yeah, not a doctor, but that's my... So, Pillsy, that one we have already teed up. Here's the caption if you're watching on YouTube. Brandon Pillar, not a doctor. That one's right next to this one, which we've brought up a couple times to, one, give you credit because, wow, did he ever look good in January and February. But DJ Smith, as we continue on with some injury updates here, as we know, Drake Batherson, great to see, but still likely not going to play during this homestand. Well, Matt Murray, it was an ominous tone when he was asked about Matt Murray. Sounds like an upper body injury, and he is not close. Yeah, and I mean, that's not really a surprise. And for people uh, just listening, the caption is, uh, Brandon Piller, I have a lot of faith in Matt Murray. That was that was a long time ago. I forget when that was. But the th- I'll, I'll stick to that, because when he is healthy, he's really good. But the problem is, he can't seem to stay healthy. And it seems like any little nick or, or budge or shove or anything really seems to affect him more than it does most NHL goalies. And it's really unfortunate, but I... And we'll get to the lines, but Forsberg is the, in the starter's end. I'm a little disappointed about that because Matt Murray's injuries have basically derailed Philip Gustafson's developmental years here. And they like Gus needs to get in games here. I, I'm very confused as to why Philip Gustafson isn't the starting goaltender tonight. Really? You don't just look at the play of Anton Forsberg, think that the deadline's less than two weeks away? And, and I mean, if you're the head coach, though, you always just want to win games. And Definitely. at this point... Isn't Anton Forsberg the best chance to win for almost any team in the NHL? Oh, pl- don't don't get it twisted. I'm not saying I don't have faith in Forsberg or if you want to win the game, you need to put Gustafson in instead of Forsberg or I'm worried Forsberg's going to get injured ahead of the deadline. No, I'm not saying any of that. I have full, complete faith in the Forsberg. Ross, maybe you can make that a caption for me. Pilsy, I have full faith in the Forsbergler. But you need to get Gustafson in games here. Like, and now uh, we'll get to Belleville as well, but Mando had to leave the game with injury there too. So now you've got two of your goalies injured and that's going to really throw a wrench in the plans here for the goalie coaches in the crease. But I just think it'd be great to get Gustafson in a game here and then have Forthberg maybe play the next two games and then get Gus in the first game of the back-to-back uh, next weekend. So you just he needs to play games. He can't just sit on the bench here. Like he's not a placeholder goalie. You've put all of your chips in on him as your next goalie prospect and you're just having him hang around. I don't understand that. No, not really. That's a very fair point, but when you're looking at the play of Anton Forsberg, that photo the Sens tweeted out of the glove save, truly incredible for Anton Forsberg and he gets a start Tonight, we'll touch on the Seattle Kraken as well coming up because I think a lot of fans, they saw the way that the draft went for the Vegas Golden Knights. They make the Stanley Cup final in their first year as a franchise. Wild. That's not happening with the Seattle Kraken. They might not even reach 30 wins on the season as right now their record sits at 17 wins through about 55 games. So this isn't the Vegas Golden Knights 2.0 here Not even close. in Seattle. We'll touch on that, though, a little bit later on in the show. I want to talk about Josh Norris, Pelzi, and there's reason for it. Tonight will be his 100th National Hockey League game. Now, I want to rewind first and foremost to his first NHL game. Was it his first? I know it was during his first stint. In those three games, when he I initially think he played a road up. game against Nashville, or was that or in Montreal about Bobby Ryan? I think Bobby no, Ryan was, started in Nashville, then went to Vancouver. I don't back. remember. 
Oh, correct, correct. That that okay. must have been it. But uh, yeah, because this Montreal game was at home as well. Um, anyways, it was earlier on five days. So he must have been healthy scratch. That being said, Josh Norris's second NHL game was that awesome Bobby Ryan hat trick night right before the the world shut down here. You know, it's also crazy. We are at the two year anniversary of the world shutting down with the senators being the last nhl team to play games with those ugly 3d jerseys i digress with josh norris though 99 games played pilsey 37 goals and 65 points that has that has to exceed even your wildest expectations for him absolutely and and ross like me and you were some of the biggest josh norris stands out there because we got to see firsthand what he could do and he stepped into the AHL as if it was just an easy transition from college and he wins rookie of the year going over 30 goals uh 30 assists in his first year in Belleville and it seems like okay this guy gets a chance in the NHL he could do well but I'll be honest I wasn't expecting him to do this well like for him to be able to take on a number one center role in his rookie season and to flourish and to be able to score at the pace that he's scoring at and to be able to be basically automatic from his office in the power play has really impressed me. And it's going to be so interesting to see how contract negotiations go in this offseason for Norris. A straight up uh, number one center uh, right out of the gate, 21 years old. Yep. After those, that first little taste, even though that taste, though, he was up on a line with Bobby Ryan, right? So okay. he was still getting top six opportunity right off the bat and say what you want. Yeah, he got called up after they traded Pajot. So there was a pretty big hole to fill in terms of ice time at the center ice position. But he came in there and filled it admirably fourth in Calder voting last season. And then this year, he's only five points off what he accomplished last year. And he's played 16 less games, Pilsy. So there's still lots of room for development for Josh Norris. And he's just one of those, you know what a player comparable for him might be going forward? And I don't remember how he started his career, but Joe Pavelski. Because when you look at how Pavelski plays the game, he's just very good at everything. There's yeah. no one thing where, where you're like, and maybe for Norris, you can say it's a shot on the power play, but he's just very good at everything. There's no weaknesses in his game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, their draft positions are uh, wildly different, but, different. <laughs> but definitely I can see the comparison different. there. And hey, if he has a Joe Pavelski type career, oh. sign me up. That sounds great. Absolutely. It's just, yeah, he's one of those guys everyone just talks about. He's just great at everything, no matter what they play. Alfie was the same way too. Like no matter what sport, whatever it is, these guys, they're just freak athletes. And when yeah. it comes to Josh Norris, what we're seeing on the ice, this growth in his game and yeah, first round pick, but 19th overall. And a lot of people at the time thought that uh, San Jose reached to take him there. I think he was ranked about 26, 27 when it comes down to it. But if we go to his draft class right now, he is going to become the, what do I have? Oh, they keep it by overalls when I sort. That's annoying. If I'm just guesstimating here, Pilsy, I'll say that he's going to be about the 25th player from the draft class to reach 100 games. And he's about 16th in points. So when you put all these together, you're just really, it's its just impressive um, how accelerated his growth became once he hit, what, when was it? Because it felt like from the moment Ottawa traded for him, he just hit his stride right away. Yeah, I mean, it started, Ross, when Pierre Dorian announced we acquired Brady Chuck's best friend. That's when you knew, all right, this kid's going to come in hot. And uh 
those two as a combined pair have showed everyone the chemistry is real and uh, they can dominate whether it's five on five or on the power play. Yes. So we're excited to see Josh Norris play game number 100 right on home ice. And that's just a nice bonus from tonight's game. We know that with the way games were postponed earlier this season, there were going to be more and more home games later on. And the Senators have to take full advantage of that. Pilsy, this upcoming homestand, I'm going to get your take on it on the other side of the break here because I'm curious what you believe their record could be on it. I know I asked you yesterday, but now I really want to zone in and and maybe analyze a little bit more of their opponents along the way and why you believe they could go so and so on, what the record could be. Seattle, Chicago, Arizona, Red Hot, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Philadelphia Flyers. Wow. That's about as easy as an NHL homestand could get. So think about that, Pilsy, as I tell you a word from our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full stream. Is there anything more fun to wager on than March Madness? I don't think so. My advice, and take it with a grain of salt, is in the round of 62, the round of 64, round of 32, just bet every single underdog because it's madness. It's madness, I tell you. The madness can all be found at betonline.net. There's everything there, too. If you don't love your college hoops or NBA action, you can get your hockey, boxing, and UFC odds as well. Just head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. It's BetOnline. It's where the game starts. All right, Pilsy. Are you a, are you a college hoops wagerer? Uh, come March, I'm an expert in uh, college hoops, yes, but I haven't uh, sat down and uh, looked at my bracket yet, so I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but I am going to be making a bracket and following along, like nothing better than sitting on the couch and watching college basketball, and I'm going to be throwing a couple shekels in at betonline.net, that's for sure. Are, are you full underdog mode for the first couple rounds? I would say normally I'm not, but... Lately, the last couple of years when it had gone on, we've seen some crazy underdogs like that one year where the 16 seed for the first time ever yeah. beat a one seed. Well, I had that one seed. I think it was Villanova winning it all. So my bracket was absolutely destroyed by that. So I've learned my lesson and I'm going to catch a little action on the underdogs. I caught some action yesterday on the Belleville Senators. Yes. 4-1 winners. Absolutely love to see that. We're going to touch on that a little later. I want the answer to my question. This five-game homestand against all are they all beneath them in the standings in points percentage? Not all of them, but most of them here. Yeah, because Columbus is ahead. Uh, Philly is barely ahead. Yep. But what's it going to be? I, I'm going to stick with my earlier prediction, and uh, our buddy Leems Martian had the exact same prediction as me. We better hope to get eight out of twelve uh, points here coming up. Well, that includes the Montreal. The Montreal in Montreal, you're going to be in, you're going to be boots on the ground there. Confirmed, or should we yes. say soulier sous la terre? You know, your French is better than mine, so I'll take your word that that's, that's what that means. But yes, I am going to be boots on the ground in Montreal. I got my tickets. I'm stoked. I've never been to the Bell Center, so I'm very excited about that. That's awesome, but that's after a five-game hope sense. Say, yeah, boat au sol. No, I like soulier sur la terre. That means like shoes on the on the ground. Anyways, shoes on the ground. I, I'm sure we'll, we'll get Stewie and some other uh, Quebecers just chirping me to no end for that right. one. I, I offered the boys... Uh, who do the the French podcast, La Brigade? I offered uh, to go on as a guest, and I told I said my French, ce n'est pas joli, 
but I think I could handle it. Anyways, uh, I hope. I just, hope je suis parle un petit peu français. Un petit oui. peu. Uh, tu ne peux pas arriver là-bas. All right, here we go. So we've got uh, a big homestand. We'll preview that one. Let's hit Belleville right now, though, because yeah, that was a phenomenal win. And we talked with David Foote yesterday. You can yep. find that in tomorrow's Locked On Centers. Travel day for Pilsy, but you know we don't take days off. So we'll have a Belleville report, but that was recorded just before Belleville took on the Providence Bruins. And in our chat with Footy, I said, Lassie Thompson, offensive defenseman or defensive defenseman? Is he putting it all together? The numbers are there, Pilsy. He'd gone seven straight without a point. And I don't know if he was peering into the room listening to us say that, but it didn't take long for him to get that Tom bomb off and open the scoring. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, it was a good time for him to get a goal because Troy Mann had mentioned, uh, I think it was to TSN 1200, that he wasn't exactly impressed with Lassie Thompson's consistency lately. So that's a nice little boost to get uh, to get a goal, and hopefully we continue to see him uh, rise offensively here. But yeah, a 4-1 win for Belleville, and it was some... Some great, some great goaltending, even though Kevin Mandelisi, after two periods, he left with an injury, only allowed one goal on 20 shots, and then Mad Sogard came in and mopped up uh, the rest of the game with five straight saves and an and, assist. Yeah, yep. ha- have a period, Sogi, holy. Yeah, not bad at all. And then, hey, it was some usual suspects uh, getting goals. Jake Lucchini, he scored. And mm-hmm. Ross, your boy, Cole Reinhardt, chipping Unreal. in as well. So you got to love to see that. Man, sixth-round pick, and he's already producing as he is in the AHL. Five shots on goal, plus two goal, and an assist for Cole Reinhardt. And yeah, the goal was an empty netter, but it was also shorthanded, so we'll give it to him there. Mark Kastelik, because Footy told us about that line. It's Kastelik with Reinhardt and Logan Shaw. So they they did a lot of the damage. Shaw and uh, Kastelik with two points each. Igor gets an assist on Jake Lucchini's goal, and... What I love to see in this one, they're leading one nothing after the first period. It's tied at one after the second. But to go out and score a goal in the opening minute of the third period to set the tone, that's one thing. But then to double down on it five minutes later and get a second goal, and an insurance goal to go up 3-1, that in itself was great. And I know that some people hate to hear it, but you know what happened? 40 seconds before Lucini's goal at the start of the third period, we had a tilt, buddy. Matthew Medman dropped the gloves with uh, Jacob Lauco, and I'm not saying that it turned the game, but I'm saying that there was a goal in the next minute. So, hey, great game for the Belleville Sens. They win a game without Michael Delzato getting on the score sheet. <laughs> so that in itself, you got to give some stick taps for as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's quite the feat. And you'll hear in our interview with uh, Footy, he has some stats on uh, the correlation between Michael Delzato getting points and the team winning. So that's an that's a little inside joke. We have, Well, not an inside joke. We're sharing it with all you guys. That's a little joke <laughs> we had, but it turns out there's more merit to it than just messing around. 100%. So great to see for the Belleville Senators. And we're going to continue to look at the standings for Belleville throughout. And they jumped Rochester with Huge. that win. So don't look now. But the Belleville Sens are currently fourth in the North Division after being sixth just about a week ago. They've got seven wins in their last 10 games. And I know I keep bringing this up, but we know that as a daily show, Monday through Friday, we love having everyone listen every day. And we really appreciate those who do. But not everyone does. So in case you missed it, tune into AHL TV this weekend. Footy and I are going to be on the call together 
in the booth. And you know what I'm fired up for, Pilsy? Like, obviously, you and I got to work at CAA Arena, great little barn. We were doing the production there, but I'm going to be in an NHL press box calling that game. They play out of the same same rink as uh, the Jets. Yeah, that's going to be a good feeling for sure. And uh, yeah, we we got to check out that arena uh, for the preseason game and. It was a sold-out crowd for a preseason yeah. game. So I, I'll be interested to see how the Moose uh, draws, but definitely a nice arena right down. Well, they had uh, a couple first-round picks called up recently, so I think Belleville should be the favorite, right? Cole Perfetti's up with the big club right now. And yep. then, uh, you know, the guy – was it one pick before or one pick after last? He was back-to-back finished defenseman. Vili Hainola just yes. got called yep. up by Winnipeg as well, so he won't be in the lineup either this weekend. So. Ooh. Hey, a little opportunity brewing for the Belleville Sense. So we're fired up for that. And we'll bring you all the coverage you need at Sense Central on Twitter. LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. You can follow the show on YouTube and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts as well. We love getting the YouTube comments as well. I pulled one up the other day. I threw it on Twitter. And I didn't think it would catch fire the way it did, Pilsy. Um, Like, is that my bad? I was just trying to have a laugh. Yeah, I mean, some people take things uh, a little too seriously here, but uh, hey, oh, we appreciate the engagement, whether it's uh, <laughs> whether it's totally serious or you're just messing around. I'm trying to find exactly. Okay, should I read that? It's it's pretty long. Basically, uh, we got a comment from Scott, and we, Scott, thanks for jumping in. Like this was tremendous content. Really appreciate that. I just said hot takes only. He's saying he read an Ottawa column, and it turns out to be from Hockey Buzz. So. Uh, take it with three, four, five grains of salt, however many you need to wipe the smile off your face after reading Get that. Get your sodium in on this one. Basically saying that Murray is trying is just hating playing for DJ Smith. Can't stand having Josh Brown and Nikita Zaitsev in front of him. I mean, this guy, I got to give him credit. He hit all the SEO words, like all like the search <laughs> engine optimal words for the auto senators. Murray, DJ Smith, Brown, Zaitsev, Forsberg all in one post that like that guy gets it yeah absolutely and <laughs> hey yeah he he's dialed in all right Pilsy so we will leave it there when it comes to that conversation and I I don't know I almost put a parental advisory like second piece in the thread being like this is the opposite of reporting but I decided to just leave it, have some fun with that. Remember, tonight after the game, you can join us in the postcast after each and every Ottawa Senators game. I'm going into the office for the second time. However, good thing I got a dinner break, so I'm going to try to make sure that I can join the boys. But if not, I'm sure Martian and Pilsy will be able to handle the duty there. In the postcast. Martian's not too hungover. Oh, my God. We got to get this guy back on the rails. Although... <laughs> He'll, he'll be ready to go. I got faith in uh, Ricky Martian, as he's very often referred to in the comments. And if you don't get that one, if you don't get that one, you'll have to jump in the postcast and see for yourself after tonight's game. The postcast, the numbers are so reflective on wins and losses, it's absolutely wild. So let's cheer for another two points tonight. Senators going up against the Seattle Kraken. Let's start with Seattle, and then we'll finish the show talking about the Ottawa Senators, our locked-on player, and keys to victory but the seattle kraken huh this is what you could do when you acquire no draft picks at all all right yeah you want to run through it pills yeah let's let's go through it so seattle's top line geeky mccann eberly then schwartz wenberg yarncrock then nice third line here appleton gord blackwell 
And this is an overpaid fourth line here. Marcus Johansson with uh, Sheehan and Donskoy. And then on defense, they're a very defense-first focused decor here. You got Giordano with Susie, Alexiak with Adam Larson, Dunn and Lazan. And we're not sure who's going to start here, but their goalies are Philip Grubauer and uh, my guy, Chris Drieger. Your guy, Winnipeg, Winnipeg's own Chris Drieger. As uh, he's a local product to here, but you know what? Um, Nick Paul was just talking about Chris Drieger. So I wonder if it will be him starting. Now, nobody in Seattle has a save percentage better than Chris Drieger's. 888. And it's not that good. Yeah. That's what we're looking at here with Seattle. That grew our pickup. Like the, all the moves that Ron Francis made in free agency and the draft made me at least believe that he thought this was going to be a competitive team. It's not. They've got one win in their last 10 games. They're on a three-game losing streak, and their top scorer has 33 points in 51 games. That's Jared McCann. So offense is at a premium if you're a Seattle Kraken fan and you're just hoping to see improvement. Now, they do have the number two pick, who's going to be a stud, Matty Beneers. I mean, he learned from Jake Sanderson, his leadership, so he's got to be a stud. But when you're looking at what we're going to see tonight, Pillsy, like – I'm having trouble even picking a lookout player. I have one, but I was having a little bit of trouble because, man, this is just a, – it's a group of guys. <laughs> this is a group of guys. That's all I really – that's my expert analysis on how Ron Francis assembled this team without getting any draft picks at all. But I was starting to say, actually, and then I'll uh, I'll snap it back over to you. Chris Drieger was roommates with Nick Paul in Binghamton, of wow. all places. So it would be cool if uh, he could get one on Drieger tonight, if Drieger does end up playing. Yeah, and if you guys are long, uh, long-time long listeners, you'll know the little inside joke I had there. I said Chris Drieger's my guy because there was a point in time when Marcus Hogberg and Chris Drieger were both playing for the Brampton Beast, and yep. I wanted to interview Marcus Hogberg. And uh, the PR guy says, oh, Hogberg's uh, not available, but uh, you can talk to Sens prospect Chris Drieger. And I was like, nah. <laughs> and, and now look at he's still in the nhl he got a good contract and marcus hogberg's out in sweden so that's a little uh that one's on me i, I definitely uh, regret doing that it would have been great to chat with him while he was here but um ross if we're going to our lookout players i'm yep. gonna start with mine and it's alex wenberg and alex wenberg is an enigma he's very interesting he's an assist machine he had 46 assists in one season he doesn't score a lot of goals but I'm leading up to saying that, but it goes against that. In his last four games, he has three goals. So he's scoring at a bit of a pace here. And funny enough, he's still getting paid by the Columbus Blue Jackets. They bought out his contract from years ago. And then Seattle goes out and gives him a, a contract in free agency. So that's an interesting move for sure. But he's starting to click a little bit better. And uh, he's on a decent line with Jaden Schwartz and uh, Yarncroft. So look out for him. He's starting to pick up his goal scoring pace here, even though he usually doesn't. Can you believe it? That was the last, maybe that's a stretch, but one of the last goals that Jordan Eberle scored on the Canadian Tire Center ice in 2009. Team Canada, the comeback against Russia in the World Juniors. One of the greatest games in World Junior history. Isn't it crazy that that was 13 years ago? 
We're getting old, Ross. We're getting 13 old. 13 years ago. I was talking to Mikey DeStefano on Locked On NHL, and I made some sort of um, comparison. I forget what it was. Maybe the jo- I think it was the Joe Thornton trade. We're talking about trade deadlines, how it came out of nowhere. And he's like, maybe we can find a more modern example for some of our listeners. And I was like, wow, we are old. If I'm, <laughs> if I'm, I'm reaching way too far back in the memory bank for that one. But I'm going to be lo- looking out, I should say, for Jordan Eberle. And yes, that's a cute little story there with him scoring that goal for Canada on the ice in Ottawa. But I'm looking at a guy here who's a really good second, third line tweener. And I'm curious because obviously the season's not going the way Seattle would have hoped if they are expecting this to be a playoff team. So at what point does he become one of the best trade chips that they have with a little bit of term on his contract as well? So he's a guy who, like, would you keep him if you're Seattle? I think Seattle keeps him just because they they want some consistent guys and they want some veteran leadership there. So I'd be surprised if he's a guy that they end up trading. And and I don't think I don't think Seattle set this roster up to compete. I think they looked at the drafts coming up here. They looked at uh, trying to lock down some key pieces like their goaltending, some of their defensemen to support a young rebuilding team. But yeah, definitely a lot of questionable decisions with that expansion draft. Probably on the no trade list for Jordan Eberle, but you know what? I wouldn't mind Ottawa going out and grabbing a guy like that. He's got two years left on his contract, AAV of 5.5, but he's making 4.75 in real money next year and 3.75 two years from now. I don't know if they're going to, maybe that's not as legit as other guys that were throwing around names, but I think a lot of those names are throwing around are pretty unrealistic. Yeah, exactly. And I just think I I like Jordan Everly too, but I just think you'd be kind of getting his worst years on that. And I feel like that would, that would be another uh, stain on the pro scouting here. Yeah. Okay. So I'm fired as pro scout. You're done. Yeah. He's 31 right now. So by the end of that contract, you're looking at 33. Yeah. Maybe it's not as much of an improvement anyways. Anyways, he's my lookout player tonight. He's having a a decent year. I mean, for Seattle standard, he's doing well. 33 points in 57 games dash 26 that's a little minuses on seattle are crazy eh oh my god yeah well i mean the team sucks like they're (laughs) they're a they're a bad hockey team they are they're 25th 25th in goals for and 31st in goals against only the montreal canadians have allowed more goals this year than the seattle kraken although detroit's only allowed one less and played two less games but that's awful. That's awful. They're allowing 3.59 goals per game, Pills. That's, you can't do that. And Ross, it's a perfect time to transition into my keys to victory here. And the keys to victory, my last key to victory up against the St. Louis Blues was dominate on uh, even strength, five on five time. They did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, they did. And they dominated in the power play two for two, 100%, not too shabby. But I'm going to flip the script here, Ross. They need to dominate on special teams because... You mentioned how bad Seattle is. They are atrocious in special teams. Power play, 14.9%, good for 29th in the league. Okay, so maybe their PK with all those defensive defensemen that I talked about is better. Yeah, no. Uh, They're actually 29th as well in PK at a 74% penalty killing rate. So the Senators, now that you got Josh Norris back, you're coming off a two-for-two performance up against a contending team in your power play stats. Dominate here. And... You know what would be nice? I want to see a, well, we don't know if Connor Brown's playing. So I'll go, I want to see a shorthanded goal. I think you could get a shorty on a team like this. All right. You're calling. So Alex Formanton, look out. 
Are you are you calling Alex Formanton with the shorty? I'm calling it Alex Formanton shorthanded goal. All right, I'm hammering Alex Formington anytime goal scorer tonight at betonline.net. Uh, let's transition then into your locked-on player in tonight's game. I, I kind of bounce between a couple locked-on players, but I'm going to keep it consistent here, and I'm going to go with Colin White because he continues to impress here. He's going to see some time at center uh, in between the, the same guys he has been recently in Sanford and Nick Paul, but... He's almost at a point per game pace since he's been back. He's been clicking on the power play. Like I said, they need to dominate in the power play here. So I'm going to look for him to get another assist on the power play. All right. I'm going to stick with the power play, and it's easy being his 100th game, but I'm locked on to our friend Josh Norris. Smiles, Josh Norris tonight. (laughs) And I'm expecting that power play to stay hot. You touched on Seattle's futile penalty kill. Not great. And you also mentioned that they scored two power play goals against St. Louis. Trivia time. When was the last time the Ottawa Senators scored two power play goals in a single game? It happened this season, right? Yes, it happened four, five, five, six, six times this year. Uh, Did they get two against Arizona? No. No. That would have been a fun trivia question, only being two, two games ago. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you can see how good my memory is. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida then. They had to have gotten uh, two goals in that 8-2 Florida game. Um, they they did, I'm, but okay. they've done it once since. Okay, so I'll, you know what? I'll, memorable I'll cut game. out there. That was close. Memorable game. Memorable game. A memorable game for a guy with a terrible short-term memory? Um, the it Buffalo led game? To one of our, it led to one of our biggest interviews all time. With sh- with Shabby, obviously. No. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, beating the Oilers with Biz. The comeback in Edmonton, exactly. They go two for three on that power play. They win that game. And wow, the shocking news that both goals in that game on the power play were scored by Josh Norris. That was my long way of getting back to my locked on player being Josh Norris tonight. I'm calling a power play goal for Josh Norris. We got a power play goal for Josh Norris. We got a shorty coming up for Alex Formanton. Pilsy, are you going to go so far as to guarantee victory for the Ottawa Senators tonight? I don't think that's good for anyone if you got Brandon (laughs) Pillar guaranteeing victories for the team you're cheering for. So, no, I will bow out of that because you guys know I'm a mush lately. So, I'm not say anything, but I will say – of all the teams on this homestand, this is the easiest matchup. And I would, like, it's not a must win because the end season is uh, kind of irrelevant points-wise. But this is a game where you want to see a, this team dominate. And there's no superstars on this Seattle team. So there's no one that you're like, okay, hey, how are we going to game plan against uh, Mark Johansson? What are we going to do to stop Mark Giordano? Like, there's there's none of that. So the Senators have a chance to dominate here. They have their stars. Josh Norris is back. Sure, Batherson's still not back. But Timmy, Brady, uh, Shabbat, all these guys are ready to go. So I want to see them absolutely dominate. Tim Stutzla, six points in his last three games. Yeah. So hopefully he can continue out with that superstar output. Now on Twitter, too. I've, he's never going to tweet. Not once. I bet he's not going to tweet once. Everyone was so about? excited about that. I No, he's not going to be active. Not going to be Anyways, much action. It'd be hilarious if he just comes out of left field and starts spewing hot takes about whatever I hope whatever all his tweets is. are in German. That would be hilarious. 
I would be all for that. Uh, speaking of Twitter, we saw some highlights on Twitter last night, and Zach Ostapchuk looks great wearing the C. We talked about nice. the leadership and the importance of that. You see the goal he finished off last night, a little two-on-one feed, Fabian Lysal puts it up, but the defender got a bit of a stick on it. It was like a nice saucer pass, but the D gets like a touch on it, so it's fluttering kind of side to side, and he's still right when it drops, boom, upstairs on the goal. I think he might be the next guy that we turn to, to Mr. Wheeler with the athletic and say, you, you didn't even have him in your top 15 sends prospects. I mean, he's now got seven goals in his last 11 games. So this yep. kid's heating up at the right time. And don't look now, this is a guy already earned an NHL contract coming to yeah. his first camp after being drafted. So let's hope that he can keep it up because I was speaking to one of his assistant coaches for a different project that I'm doing, Keith McCambridge, former uh, Manitoba Moosehead coach. And uh, he saw the jersey in the background. He's like, unprovoked. He's like, man, Austin Chuck is going to be a player. So keep that in the back of your mind as well. So Zach Austin Chuck, that looked good. And Pilsy, it's a big no-contact jersey disappearing act day with Drake Batherson and Jake Sanderson wearing a regular jersey at Nodak practice. It looks like he's going to be back, back, back for this weekend's playoff elimination. Best two out of three. And elimination, I think, is in quotes because that's just for nchc if he's eliminated this weekend they will likely make the tournament still college sports kind of weird like that however huge news and he was named to the all nchc second team pilsy he played 10 out of 24 he's barely played any games yeah (laughs) i mean that's how good he is right yeah brad schlossman said it shows the respect that he has around the the league or the conference Absolutely, yeah. And anyone who follows college hockey hockey closely, they'll tell you they fully understand the abilities of Jake Sanderson. And I think it's uh, very obvious that this will be his last season in college. Yes, certainly is. Unfortunate that uh, that January series got canceled. We couldn't get down there and all that. But that being said, it'll be great to see him back on the ice. And the K-Train, the guy who gave them the Penrose Cup, those two are going to have a, a great weekend. And, hey, if they do anything special this weekend, we'll reach out. We will get we haven't had anyone on from Nodak. We'll get Schlossman or one of those guys next week to touch on that because the next weekend series will be, speaking of me, going to an NHL arena to cover AHL, the NCHC Frozen Faceoff next weekend is at the XL Energy Center yeah. in Minnesota. So that's going to be awesome. a big barn big stage, big time players step up in those games. So looking forward to all that. Billsy, did I miss anything? Uh Ridley Greg had a quiet night uh with Brandon. They win 2-1 two, two in uh, in overtime, but he didn't really get much done uh last night and yeah, other than that, I'm not sure if if we're missing anything. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh let's let's check with our our good friend Sens Prospects. He's always updating things here. Oh, Philip Daoust, who is a forward if you guys Shocker. are uh curious. He Keep tipped home <laughs> he, he tipped home the game winning goal Wednesday night. A goal and assist. That's courtesy of our friend Sens Prospects at Sens Prospect. You gotta follow him. And Daoust, now eight points in his last three games played. So he's cheating up. Seventeen points in his last ten games, Pills. This guy you could say he's too good for the QMJHL. I mean, he's 20 years old as well, but he wasn't a guy who made the Q at 16, right? He was an Ontario kid, which is kind of strange, right? Philippe Dau yeah. in, in the Quebec League. You just kind of make an assumption there, but he's from Barrie, Ontario. Didn't make oh, it. Nice. Didn't make it to the OHL. He actually played. Uh, yeah, he played in the GTHL for for minor hockey there 
um, as well. So then he ends up going over and finding a home in Moncton to start, then gets a, a PTO this year, doesn't sign a contract with Ottawa, even though they draft him, signs a PTO, gets five points in 15 games, and then they're like, hey, why don't we try to get your rights traded where the Memorial Cup's going to be held? And since going to St. John, he's got 22 points in 15 games. So, I mean, that just shows you just what kind of trajectory he's on there. So, good call getting Daus in there. Show him some love as his uh, point streak continues. And, yeah, 11 points in the last five games. It's a really, really incredible stretch that he's on there. So, hopefully the Sens can match that incredible offense tonight going up against one of the worst defensive teams in the National Hockey League. You can find us on the postcast after tonight's game. We appreciate you making us your first listen. We're free and available wherever you download your podcast, wherever, wherever, Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, all those great spots. And yeah, that's about all we got for today. So let's say goodbye. And thank you very much for listening. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.